All right, Tom's busting to go. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode nine of Laura Palmer is Dead. Sorry, I just peaked the audio decibel levels there. Um, so we just, Melissa and I just found out who the killer is. Yes, we did a little pre-podcast moment that you heard their guesses, which just refresh what your guesses were. They were, both of you guessed Ben. Or we could play the... We did, yeah, we played it. Oh, yeah. Right play. yeah. I'll edit them together, so people have just heard Once, us talking about yeah. that. So <laughs> See, that's, that's that's all, learn it's all magic to me, the podcast <laughs> world. <laughs> Once we learn how to edit. Mm-hmm. I know how to edit, I just don't do it much. <laughs> <laughs> we want this pure. I'm a master of audacity, I really am. It's a, well, you know, I know how to piece things together. So, okay, so I just gotta get this off my chest. Like, you guys are the best, and we love you so much, and we love coming over here. Uh-oh. But, like, do you not know what a spoiler is? Like, we don't, we didn't, like, we didn't see Leland kill Laura. Like, I mean, obviously we know that's gonna happen now, but, like, now it's, like, we totally, like, obviously know. Like, Wait, the Netflix episode says, the killer's revealed, you see him see himself as Bob in the mirror. I guess, yeah, I mean, this is that a spoiler. Like, Maddie, he, is, he puts an O yeah. under her nail. But I'm just saying, like, due to the nature of the extras, the spiritual nature of Bob, and the fact that we don't know if he could inhabit more than one body. Oh, I see where Tom's going. That's I all. mean, there's a lot of context clues that no, are just I know. And it, pointing I think, to Leland. And I, wait, let me finish. Let me finish. We're, we know okay, you're intelligent okay. enough I'm to, I'm that you would have known. But all I'm saying is, and like, no, but it makes sense for the podcast. Like, it's better that we know for the podcast. Because like, as you guys have po- pointed out, we have like a, a several more episodes to go. We have uh, a lot of episodes. Pat and Kelly are saying two more episodes. Um, two more good episodes. Good ones that we need to watch. And, and then, then like... Some, and then we get into silly land. <laughs> they use the word garbage episode or something. Not garbage. Just some um, people I, would say. That. I say because I'm like thinking David Lynch and Mark Frost are listening. But so it's an it's understood in Twin Peaks lore. David Lynch and Mark Frost did not want to reveal the killer, and the network pressured them yeah. into doing it. And of course, when you have like David Lynch even says Laura Palmer's murder was the goose that laid the golden egg. Why would you kill that goose by revealing <laughs> the murderer? Yeah, that is a huge point. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why he left it as somewhat... See, like, I'm the kind of guy, I just I just always second-guess myself when it comes to, like, guessing storylines, or a lot of facets of my life, for that matter. Yeah. But, uh... I'm not in agreement. Yeah, Melissa yeah. knows. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a second-guesser. Yeah. Um, so, like, I just never think anything is, like, concrete in a fictional world until we're, like, shown it, you know... I think we're amazing that this is a 25-year-old show and we didn't give you spoilers sooner. Yeah, like, yeah, come on, pat on the back, yeah, dude. Like, we did our best. Yeah. Yeah. I and I feel <laughs> like Leland being the killer was kind of a surprise. I have seen yeah, on we Pinterest. Were, I mean, we didn't it's guess him, obviously. Surprise. We did not guess. Yeah. 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 I saw <laughs> on Pinterest, like, owls turning into Leland and Leland uh, turning into an owl because the owls yeah, are evil. The owls are them. not what they seem. Right. But wait, do... Okay, but the, that was just to get him to the roadhouse, I thought. Like, do you ever see a connection between me and It's really owls? not revealed. The owls thing is so kind of spirits, ambiguous. So there's spirits in the roadhouse as well. And that's why yeah. Margaret says there's owls in the roadhouse. So certain spirits, like the giant, he's in the roadhouse, right. and that's why he appears. Why, but he's like, also everything he's starts with an owl looking at you. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, if you notice, like, all of this... Like the opening scenes, there's usually like an owl hooting. So at Mike, you. Mike probably goes into owls and stuff. So they're not all bad spirits. 
I, I don't think we're supposed to like defi- this isn't the type of show where you're supposed to definitively understand what is meant by like the yeah, owls absolutely. are not what they seem. But I think what is really to me makes two so episode two six is demons mm-hmm. and episode two seven is lonely souls and that's where we discover that Leland care, killed Laura Palmer and we you're right we're going to discover the details around that in the next subsequent episodes but I can remember when I watched this for the first time my my boyfriend at the time Shane who I was watching with would consistently I'd be like I don't know who the killer is and I was very big on like Ben Horn did it the whole time I was big on the Ben Horn train they really are leading you down that path and he would say what do you mean Ben did it we know that Bob did it like they're telling us that Bob did it so then in 2-6 they have um Philip Gerard, who they're keeping without his medications, explains really pretty clearly who Bob is. And he says he's an inhabiting spirit and he's attracted by he the pleasures by and the fears. Yeah, yeah. He's my, he requires a human host. So they kind of finally spell out to us that Bob requires a human host. He in, is Bob. Either right. for fun, he wears a smile. Everybody Every run. run. Such a good. Oh yeah, that was a, a great whole scene. Of <laughs> yeah, of notes. Yeah, that was really really good. So to me, the moment that I actually was like, "Holy shit, Leland did it!" was actually when Leland is seeing Bob in the mirror, and that to me was chilling and like a really cool way to show. Um, and it's a, it's just I think an that insanely cool, cool buildup. Mike, who is the inhabiting spirit of Philip Gerard, is. He's basically saying Bob's a fun guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's eager for it. Yeah. He's eager for fun. All these uh, spiritual parasites, you know, they get along. (laughs) Well, I, you know, it's, I, I really think that like Mike is a very interesting, Mike and Philip Gerard, interesting character. First of all, not so sure that it's quite legal to like keep someone off of their medication so that they go into a state <laughs> like yeah. he's a schiz- he's basically a schizophrenic and they're not giving him his medication yeah. <laughs> I mean in post George Bush America that's, <laughs> right. I'm sure that happens all the time but <laughs> right and they do misdirect us in the best way because they set up that um, in this scene where he's being questioned he does this riddle about he's been in the town for around 40 years. Mm-hmm. He's in a big room with many, a big house uh, with many house rooms, room. but different souls inhabit them night after night. Yes. It's the Great Northern. I got that. Did you guys hear me say that? Melissa started talking over me, but I said that. I definitely <laughs> oh heard you say that. Okay. In your yes. It's okay. Let's check. Brilliant. Let's, let's claim that one. And then they go, the Great Northern, and it flashes <laughs> on the Great Northern, like... Um, So they really are trying to lead us to Ben at this point, very heavy-handedly. But I was, on my first viewing, really fallen for the Ben stuff. Um, Me too. That's That's who I thought it was was as well. We all thought it was Ben. And then we both thought it was Nadine for a minute because she's just super strong and crazy. Which actually, as you guys were saying that, I was thinking about how genius that would have been. Because then all of her plot that we weren't paying attention yeah. to and like weren't caring about would and have she been really her with important. Silent drape runners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because 
they have that great scene where she comes into the double <laughs> R. I can't hear them anymore. <laughs> By God, these will be silent. <laughs> oh, that would have been so good. Yeah, I actually was thinking like, wow, that is a really cool idea of Nadine. Yeah, so people don't know that she is in high school. She's back in high school. Yeah. So like Norma doesn't know. David Lynch, if you're listening, uh, I'm clearly meant to be your writing partner, so let's make this happen. Right, I write that's what's plays, missing. Let's and work I just, together. I have to note that my favorite interrogation part was that the FBI agent was there, so like... Gordon Cole. Yeah, because David Lynch. like, oh, Cooper's not crazy, like this shit's really happening, like yeah. right in front of him. Yeah. That's true. Great cameo uh, by David Lynch. And Kyle MacLachlan in interviews has basically said that David Lynch like wrote this role in because he just really wanted to be a part of Twin Peaks and He's my favorite like side character so yet by far, I think. Oh yeah. Like, Gordon Cole's wonderful. As, he's fun as heck. He's so loud because he's deaf and he has a hearing aid yeah. that's in both ears and he still can't hear anything. They get a lot of juice out of like a very easy gag of like he mishears people and right. it's just really hard, funny and charming. It's like hard to play a gag that easy that yeah, funny. Yeah, right? he really yeah. does. If it was the 90s, though, they had hearing aids without cords. I know, that time, right? Yeah. I, I love... I, go ahead, Tom. Yeah. Well, government health care is like... For everyone but the congressman, you know, it's, it can be a little stingy. It's, that's like, I love that you've justified why Gordon Cole has not stayed at the hearing aids. One of my favorite moments, too, is when Gordon Cole comes in and he's telling... Cooper about Windermerrill and then Harry comes in and like perfect deadpan Harry is like just thought you should know we can hear everything you're saying yeah because uh, like, yeah because Gordon Cole's like just let screaming. me tell you this in private Coop Rosenfeld thinks you're in over your head here and in case you were wondering they show Truman and uh, yeah. Andy out in the hall, like hearing every yeah. word, and yes. being like, "Okay, we're listening to this now." Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite lines too that Coop, uh, I mean Cole, Coop, Gordon Cole comes in and says, "Coop, you remind me today of a small Mexican Chihuahua." <laughs> but he pronounces it like Chihuahua. Yeah, it's so great. Wait, like, what does that mean again? I don't like like a little dog, but right? Coop, Coop asks him then, "What the heck oh, does yeah, that what mean?" What do you mean by that? And he never really he never really answers. says. He, he says have it's to. because Wyndham Earl is back or something. Though. Yeah, right? but it doesn't make any sense to me. So <laughs> the whole can I ask is the Wyndham Earl thing gonna be like a subplot after they kind of get done with all of this Laura Palmer? It's now. gonna be a main uh, plot because uh, something's gonna need to replace yeah. the Laura Palmer plot. Right. And so now there's this chess deal. We don't know what's yeah. going on. Yeah. So actually. You know, I one of the weird things for me is like, as much as I love the show, I have trouble remembering what things happen, what episode. And so I was surprised, like, oh wow, they bring in Wyndham Earl this early. Mm. So, because I was kind of thinking, oh, they just literally bring it in to replace the Laura Palmer plot, but clearly they had designs on bringing in this plot line. Before they we did set it up, yes, yeah, they do. Set Rosenfeld it up. mentioned him too earlier. Yeah, as well. yeah, I do Briefly, think so. there's something with Rosenfeld leaving the show that was not planned. Yeah, and, it seems yeah. like that. And um, it's so compelling. Yeah, and that it might be why I grew so cold. Final, like Albert's not coming right back, ever. Here's this report. Not we're gonna, not going to see him again. Yeah. Don't ask uh, about him. Don't right. try. Like, this guy is We gone. know he's a fan favorite. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So, we know you all love him. 
Uh, I'd like to mention another bromance. Wait. Oh, go ahead, Tom. While we're still like on like the subject of who the killer was and all that. <laughs> um, so like before our first episode that we recorded at Melissa and Art and my place, um, you said something to us off tape about like one of you is on the right path and one of you is just way. Oh, off. it was Melissa. It was I figured. Me. Did you Melissa say Melissa had this one call? Actually, okay, so I called Pat from a hotel room <laughs> in Eden Prairie where I was for work and was like, oh, we gotta talk and it was like late at night and I just this just popped in my head and I was like, We gotta derail Melissa on the next podcast because she's like gonna figure out who the killer is. Um, because yeah. you caught that Leland was creepily sitting in the Dark. Palmer living room and watching Maddie like go up the stairs and just kind of like he's the one who beat up Jacoby. Yeah, and, and you caught that too, and I I and never caught that. Killed John. Uh, he's already we, already, we, already he's, know we knew killer. that. We yeah, killed Jack. Yeah. But you were just getting like Leland things that I didn't yeah. pick up. Yeah. you know, and I was like, Pat, like Melissa's gonna get it. I was like, how can yeah, we like derail her a little bit? <laughs> With some like bullshit some theories. <laughs> I know. Then even just even even earlier. You weren't necessarily so way off. Even earlier. You weren't necessarily way off, Tom. But Melissa nah, was, was had some really cool calls. Even, even on your guests, though, you were like the dad, and I was like, Whoa. oh yeah, I was in the kitchen like, Whoa, and then you were like Benjamin Horn, and I was like, oh okay, oh. okay. <laughs> well, fun fact: after last week's podcast, we went out. Because it was my birthday weekend, uh, yes. oh, yeah. we went out for some cocktails at a bar in our neighborhood who, for Halloween, had a Twin Peaks theme, so we walk in oh and there's a God. picture of Laura Palmer. So I think we can give him a shout out. It's Ouija's. Yes. Armitage. An Armitage. <laughs> We're not going to be living here there soon, so they, don't, they, they can't stalk us there. <laughs> it's true. We thought, I, I thought <laughs> I had walked into a dream. <laughs> and they had Laura Palmer's picture on the piano. Laura Palmer's like, picture. And, and Kelly of... was like, did you guys know about this? Did you guys plan this? Yeah. <laughs> they were like, who is she? Get her out of here. <laughs> yeah. And then Kelly had some cocktails. No. And... Told me about how I'm so close to figuring it out. No! And like, I kept thinking about it. Like, am I that close? Do I really have to step up my game? See, that was part of the throw off. I'm honestly, I'm relieved to get to this episode because I'm, I don't like keeping secrets from people, and I don't want. I'm like, it's just nice to have this out in the open it and is. like. I, yeah, like I said, even uh, like, Leland did it. It was I'm glad, Leland. I'm glad that, like, because I would have asked like, so Leland's the killer, Leland's the killer, right? And I would have like wanted you guys to tell me like, yeah. So. I was, it was it's only a like relief. A, a now we can kind of just watch right. like on equal footing. Uh, there's also <laughs> some other spoilers, so let me just I'll list off. One of them was uh, who shot Cooper. We don't know who. Oh shot yeah, we don't Cooper. know who shot, oh, Cooper, yeah. who shot Cooper yet. We still um, don't know. Waldo the bird. <laughs> we don't know who the hooded man behind Leo was, but you made it sound like we're never going to find that out. Let me that, but that. I mean, now know. I think that it was Leland based on Melissa's guess. It's yeah. probably Leland, but or the one-armed man, maybe what? with his other. Wait, I'm. I mean, probably Leland, but what hooded man? There at one point there was when a they, hooded man behind Leo mm, when he's when he holding like, gunpoint. Go, like, yeah, oh, fancy, he's like nice way to bring a fancy car and be subtle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I feel like that might have been Leland too because. 
He looked pretty kind of small, though. I'm going to have to rewatch it. I mean, it was moment. farther away. Yeah, so. I, I understand perspective still. <laughs> we don't necessarily know, but we had this conversation earlier. Death perception is not your key. You know what? It's Actually. not mine either. I like escalators are my absolute enemy. I'm terrible I'm, with them. The is like Moving walkways, forget about it. Yeah, like, I'm not. I would just, I just walk past them. I'm that weirdo in the airport who's like walking past the moving <laughs> like, walkway. Like, forget you. Death trap. <laughs> no way. I won't do it. I'm, I'm, if you put me behind the wheel or on a motorcycle, like I am fluidity incarnate, but my own body I am not aware of. Yeah. Okay. I should have been a race car driver. That's all I'm saying. Wow. Okay. Yes. All just... right. Um, one, I, I just want to make sure. So we will, if we do watch Firewalk with me, we get like really the whole story of the day of Laura's death. But on the train of like trying to lead us on the Ben Horn path, they mm. have. They finally get Laura's diary at the scene of the crime of Harold Smith, who has hung himself, thanks to Donna. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Donna. Donna, you suck. Donna's mad at the beginning of the episode. Right. Yeah, the very beginning of the episode, of episode 2-6, Demons, is a tight close-up of an orchid labellum, which we learned that from Harold Smith. (laughs) Orchid labellum. It's the landing place for pollination, and also looks extremely like... I used to take care of my neighbor's prize-winning orchids as a kid because he had like a whole greenhouse and I water them when they were on vacation. So. Did you spray them with that thing that Harold Smith has? It was like a higher tech version of that. It was like a little high pressure hose attached like a wand and it came out like a high pressure mist. Yeah, oh, wait, I, they're very fancy. Let me tell a funny uh, personal story related to gardening. <laughs> oh, uh, story, or what do you call? I it? don't think he, Pat. This is your first personal story first on the podcast. Well, it's not really mine. We don't, we don't know a lot about Pat. I'm tell us about yourself. It's not even about <laughs> It's not even about me. It's about my friend. So I guess I'm your friend. Him, uh, this yeah. section's called Pat remains a mystery. <laughs> yeah. but. My friend, he he did uh, he did a little gardening or uh, uh, gardening. What do you call it? Like uh, when you have the hydroponics. The, uh, anyways, he grew. He was growing some mushrooms in his closet. Magic mushrooms. Oh, yeah. I think and, <laughs> and his mom like looked in there while living with his mom. Yeah, while living with his mom. <laughs> Not cool. Um, <laughs> Not cool. And his yeah, mom, mom. <laughs> and she told his mom. Unless like, you share. <laughs> he told his mom it was like a school, like, you know, gardening project. <laughs> oh, she fall for it? <laughs> oh, mom. <laughs> oh, mama la. I think she told him just get rid of it. <laughs> fair, fair play, mom. And then he did mom. get rid of it. Not. Okay. Oh, by eating? It. <laughs> Perfect story. <laughs> and I really believe it was a friend, because I don't think that you would ever yeah. have gotten away with that at your house. Your house was too clean yeah. for that. His name rhymed <laughs> with Shmobo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so we know Pat has a friend named Hobo. Okay. <laughs> You got some weird friends, Pat. So, yeah, uh, so Harold Smith hangs himself. Um, oh, yeah. And His rake bringing star. Bringing it right back. Kelly. Yeah. I, he, well, yeah, the, the episode. <laughs> so the first episode starts out with, uh, what's his name, Hank? Harry. Harold, Harold, Harold. Smith. I knew it wasn't Hank. I know who You have is. name blindness. I do. It's like a true disorder, and I here, let me, here, let me, I want a, you to get I have a 30-second spiel on that. So I've decided, it's like, I know who everyone is. Like, I know, I know you know my history with everyone I've ever met. But, like, 
I, and I remember faces too, but I just like, to me, the sound that you call yourself to like, it's like the least interesting thing identifiable about you. So like, that's not what I pay attention to, you know? Like, that's right. So I forget them. Unless it's like interesting. So really it's just, it's like a choice. It's a. No, it's not. No, I try really hard. <laughs> it's a unconscious yes. choice yes. that his body is making. That's my, I mean, I try really hard to like remember people's names and sometimes hey, I can. To be fair, I wouldn't know all these names upon first watch. Right, either. that is true. And also yes. my second guesserness, yeah. which we've discussed, makes me, even when I know it, I'm like, uh, yeah. you know, and there's nothing more awkward than calling someone the wrong name. That's true. So that is a good point. I just play it safe a lot. Uh, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, but he, he has, so Harold has, like, his rake in his hand, like, yeah. ovaries, and it's just a cool <laughs> little image. <laughs> and Maddie and Donna are, like, embracing each other in fear, and he says, you are unclean, you are contaminated, which I thought was, like, a really, you know, Weird. I'm gonna keep hammering home the, the duality piece, but it's like, Harold Smith can be this, or could be that really sweet man who's like, there are no answers here, and be even creepy but sweet and then here he really becomes like full-on creepy and i will say it we haven't done one in a while but he should get a nine on the scenery award for yeah well well played harold he does some screaming he does some frantic spraying of that and i were both thinking is he turning into a werewolf (laughs) really reading werewolf for a second because it was that side profile look of him (laughs) roaring into the air yeah his back is arched so much he's like at a So, and and you know what? In two such heightened episodes, like getting this award took a lot of gnawing, and so congratulations, Harold Smith, you did it. Call us. This podcast needs an interview from someone attached. I'm gonna. This is my new project in life. (laughs) To find someone, I'm gonna get somebody to call in with our now hundreds of listens. (laughs) Hundreds. Well, hundred. Hundred. Hey, that's good. good. I was, like, impressed when we got to 10. I'm stoked. And that's without our friends and family. Thanks for nothing, friends and family. (laughs) Mom and Dad, I'm sure you listened to one. Yeah. (laughs) Or half of one. (laughs) Well, I've had my brother listen to a couple of them, and he's like, I guess I should start watching Twin Peaks, so I understand what you guys yeah, are talking that's, about. Yeah, that's fair. It's yeah. fair. Yeah, it's, I mean, no our kidding. podcast requires either previous podcast. knowledge or yes. a commitment to watch this show, which yeah. I've struggled with, listeners. I know, we have know. to, I'm always negotiating with Tom. I'm being like, <laughs> two more, Tom, and then after you watch those two more, I'm like, two more after those two more. Can Just want to watch the next gym so bad, guys. <laughs> Because <laughs> like worry. I'm gonna be the Kelly of ne- the next gen podcast. Like, I love next gen like, as much as you out, do. Like everything about really it. Intense. Okay. Oh, so, <laughs> your your poor Melissa will be the only one who doesn't have like an encyclopedic next gen knowledge. She she has very little. Which <laughs> will be great. I've tried real hard, guys. <laughs> By try, he puts it on. But only for a 15-minute increment, and then he flips the channel to something else. And then... It's because I, I can't stand the commercial breaks. The show's that good. <laughs> right. You gotta it's watch on, Netflix. it on Netflix. I know, yeah. Ugh. Well, like... This was, like, before... Since I've seen them all, I don't... It's not when I rewatch much. Right. And, it's I, and now I'm... Sa- when I do... I usually would, like, watch one a month or two, but I'm saving them now so we can... Well, first season of Next Gen is gonna be... <laughs> there will be some colorful commentary I like from it all. Melissa. I like it all. Pat and I are going as Riker and Troy to C2E2 next weekend, That's so we're true. into it. Uh, I have a tip, though. If you're going to have a secret club, 
don't have a sign that is in neon lights yeah. uh, advertising it. I had never house. noticed that before. It's kind of blurry. You, don't, so, you can't really read it. So yeah. after yeah, but, we after we see Harold Smith, we are taken to the book house club. With the big neon sign that says, the book house. <laughs> the book house. <laughs> Which I had not, to be fair, I had, I had to, we had to pause and go back. But I was like... Do they have a sign on top of the bookhouse that says the bookhouse? As my quip at the time was like, if you need, if someone can accidentally call you by your secret club right. name, like, oh, you're one of those guys that hangs out at the bookhouse. You're one of them bookhouse boys. Like, that's <laughs> a bad a secret, secret club, club. name. <laughs> yeah. You'd be like, oh, you're one of us too? Like, but what? that is what it is. <laughs> that's basically, that's basically. Yeah. Not so oh, secret. You're one of those guys who hangs out at the bookhouse. <laughs> Uh, Although that's also it's like hiding in plain sight, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're just talking about bookhouse boy stuff. Like, oh, you guys do hang out there a lot. Okay. Yeah, you like to drink there. And the bookhouse boys, yeah, drink coffee. I like that. My voice. Brooklyn visitor to Twin Peaks. Oh yeah, it's a secret hideout, and we've got like a big secret hideout. <laughs> and it's just bikes, motorcycles <laughs> parked outside. That's the right. Bookhouse, it is artistic. Know. Very neatly. There's a lot of Harley owners in this little town, and yeah. James owns a pristine Harley, which must have cost at least ten thousand dollars, even in. Lots of prostitution money from mom went into yeah. that Harley. Well, she spent some time on her back. We get like as close as I'll ever get to my shipper's dream in this scene because they they whisk Audrey to the bookhouse in her still wearing that pink sweater. I mean, she looks gorgeous, but you've got to imagine now that sweater is really getting she's pretty rings. Yeah, smell. Yeah, she's been in like. Junky OD yeah. world. They keep her pretty, pretty. And interestingly, Pat has been watching too much Curb Your Enthusiasm. Pretty, pretty. <laughs> they do. She looks gorgeous. She looks like a porcelain doll. And she, as she's kind of, Cooper's trying to see, you know, what's wrong with her by touching her and leaning over her. And she goes, Daddy, can you see me? Which I was like, that is, that is a that strong <laughs> choice. Weird, yeah. Um, and then when and she, she Go ahead, Tom. Since she spends time like praying to Cooper in a previous episode, I was hoping she, that would be like, but that would be too on the nose because he's right there in her face. But she, <laughs> said, but she does say, yeah. I prayed that you would come, and yeah. here you are. And then she pukes. <laughs> but I wasn't quite sure. I was. It's like she went in for a hug, but then like it was like, and he's like, there, there, let it all out, because yeah. she's basically OD'd or almost OD'd. Um, almost as, so lethal. And let me yeah. just say that like this. Being pumped through with heroin is like the least of their concerns. <laughs> right. Like I would be like, um, she's totally ODing on heroin. Where's the doc now? That's a good question. That's because, true. No one's helping whoa, Audrey. Great point. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Why isn't yeah. Doc Hayward like at the bookhouse? But then he's helping them catch the murder. Like he's he's helping, sitting yeah. with the one armed man doing the nothing, but not being like, "Hey, Audrey, here's a bucket." <laughs> yeah. Like, because. This Here's what's going to happen because you've been addicted to heroin. <laughs> right. This is on the download. I sort of maybe assumed. that's why. Yeah, I just sort of well, assumed that he doesn't been there. care about it. I, I just guess. sort of assumed he's been there off screen and like we we figured that. I mean, I feel like heroin addiction is like. The doc like, is never off screen. He's yeah. always on screen. Just Even sit. when you're walking through the woods, there he is, just docking out. You, so, you never know when you're going to need a doc. It's like... Except when a girl is addicted to heroin right. and yeah. almost ODing, but let's not yeah. call the doctor. Yeah, they they have a great... I love the scene with Cooper and Ben when Cooper tells Ben that Audrey's back safe, 
and they have the suitcase with the money and it's so clear that Ben is more concerned about the suitcase with the money because he comes yeah. in and goes oh thank god and puts his hand on the suitcase and yeah Cooper's like he didn't have to use any of the money and he's right. Ben is just like oh thank Jesus and he puts his hand on the case very <laughs> right. lovingly he's like oh everything appears to be in order and counts the money and doesn't say like oh yeah. here's Audrey <laughs> yeah. but I thought he was yeah. going to offer Cooper a bribe there yeah what I did sort of notice this time, and it doesn't matter either way, but, like, when Coop says to Ben um, she was the the brothel owner, like, she was close to a lethal dose of heroin, Ben, like, goes, oh, my God, in this way, when he hears drug overdose, that I'm like, I wonder if he knows that it was kind of his fault because he got blackie addicted. I oh, yeah. felt like he did. Yeah. He knows how like bad he it was is. Like, oh. Right. Yeah, and, like, it kind of became a little more real to him. He had, yeah. like, sort of a sincere upset moment yeah. there. Where he was more like, oh, shit, yeah, I did that to that girl once. Right, because yeah. I think even <laughs> when he sees... Made her my madam slave. Right, like, even when he sees Audrey in the video, I still think he doesn't really think anything will ever happen to her because he thinks he is impervious to anything. He's too powerful for anything to touch him. And then when he actually hears, like, whoa, she had almost had a drug overdose, that actually becomes real to him. Um, and so then it's kind of, go go ahead, baby. No, finish. Go ahead, finish. Well, he's, and then he's kind of the same way in, in the next episode when they arrest him. Or they don't arrest him, Before but they Before they arrest him, him, I was going to say when Audrey questions him. Right. That's a she, great then scene. When we should talk about that. Really good when scene. Ben yeah. finds out that it's Audrey oh, who was Prudence, he has a very good like moment of recognition. Yeah, like, it just, his oh, whole veneer shit. drops. Like at first when she comes in, he's still sort of trying to deny that he owns One-Eyed Jacks. I don't know what you're talking about, Audrey, silly girl. Yeah. And then she's like, Remember when you almost wanted to have intercourse with me? Oh. Let's think about that, Dad. And his face just completely <laughs> drops, and she says, I'm going to need to ask you some questions, and he goes, yes. And he and tells just, her all, he answers them all truthfully. And yep. He, and she gets incriminating evidence on him. Yep. So he's owned one-eyed jacks for five years. And that's when we find out he slept with Laura. Yeah. And, Laura, and then... Everything's leading to Ben as the killer at that point. And that he loved yeah. her. Like, he loved and he her. Everyone, Everybody everyone loves Laura. Yeah. Well, and everyone the way, fucking loved Laura. The way <laughs> they, everyone loved Laura. Yeah. And the way <laughs> they set this up, Audrey says, did you kill her? And he goes, I loved her. Right. So it's that classic, he doesn't answer the question, so right. maybe he did. And mm. I noticed, too, well, so he has a headshot or a picture the same, the, the of famous Laura, yeah. but not the prom one. It's like oh, a different one. No, yeah. it's okay. like a black and it's like a uh, an actor headshot of oh, Cheryl okay. Lee. It looks okay. like <laughs> that's like facing his desk. Oh. And then I had noticed too. It's interesting right. that like the yeah. one of Laura is like facing his desk, which also like who? How is he explaining that to anyone? Like my daughter's acquaintance. <laughs> I have a framed picture of her. Like why? Why? I but mean, then. If it was a 5,000 person town, again, it would make more sense, because like, this was a one of the brightest stars of our little town, and she just snuck no, out. No, I'm lawyer's, serious. My like, lawyer's this is a 16-year-old girl. Yeah, 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 it's 
weird. Right. And it's not no. even... It's a little less weird than It's not awesome. even like Laura and Audrey together. It's right. just Laura. If it was a lot... Audrey, Laura, together picture yeah. facing him. Well, she has be... one of those. You see that later. He has right. like a little picture of them together too. But... Right, but that was always like laying on the desk. Yeah. And framed and no. facing him because yeah. it's weird. It's weird. And then his picture of Audrey is like facing outward. So it makes me think that he's showing everyone I love my mm, daughter, but smart. he's really like, I love I love doing Laura. this 18-year-old girl. Yeah, and it's it oh, yeah. it's a great scene between Ben and Audrey. I mean, I think those two actors are really really good together. I love too another Ben and Audrey moment, the way that they frame when um Ben comes to pick up Audrey from the bookhouse boys, come pick up his daughter. They have this tableau where Audrey's still laying in bed, and Cooper's, like, standing up watching her, and Ben comes and, like, sits on the bed and is kind of, I don't even know how to describe it. He's, like, hunched caged, over her. Yeah, he's, like, yeah. caging her in. He's got his arms on either side of her, mm-hmm. and we know that the last time they were together right. was in this, like, very... Similar... Creepy moment. Creepy there was moment. almost incest. Yeah, <laughs> and he says something like, the things you must have seen, she says, I saw so much. And you're like, oh, my God. I mean, this is like talk about get Jacoby back from Hawaii. Like, Audrey is going to need some. In, like, there is not enough therapy in the world for this poor There's woman. There's going to have pills involved, too. So, uh, so then uh, Coop blames himself for yes. this happening to Audrey. Do we, do we agree with Coop that it's his fault? Well, he could have drank less beer. He could have drank less beer on the job. It's not his fault, but the reality is she would not have gone to One-Eyed Jack's if it were not to try and impress Cooper. It is not his fault. No. But if he had not come to town, she she would not have done it. And he does say, it's the second time I violated my professional code and someone I care about got hurt. So they are setting up reasoning why Cooper suddenly is not interested in Audrey beyond Lara Flynn Boyle being jealous of mm-hmm. Sherilyn Finn. Right. Okay. Um, which is why they wrote Right, which is why they suddenly, like, stop. <laughs> they, like, so heavily lean into this being a relationship, I think, and then they just, like, take it away, and it's because of Lara Flynn Boyle. Um, <laughs> so, while all this is going on, uh, Shelly and Bobby are playing house <laughs> oh, with Leo. So good. And then I just know... This is my. This is the mill plot part two. Yeah, that was like, really. I hate yeah. everything that's happening right now. <laughs> really? yeah, I, kinda, I mean, it's at least interesting. Like no, Leo is doing some fun. I, I, I some think, fun weekend at Bernie's, we, as you said. Yeah, weekend at Bernie's. Sorry, I didn't mean to take. It was things. weekend at Bernie's. I didn't even realize like. I was just like looking at the visual. I didn't realize that was Leo, like the comatose guy at the time I said that. Anyway, but like, so he's okay. Just tell me, is he like fully? Is he actually faking it? No, no, no that's I'm the not weird telling thing. you though. Okay. Uh, uh, sorry. Well, <laughs> well, Kelly. Oops. No, I mean, uh, who knows? Uh, yeah. Well, we might be. know that he's not because of previous episodes. If you weren't paying attention, like he was like. He was awake, and, like, it was like, maybe he does have some consciousness there. Like, they kind of alluded to that previously already. Right, that's why Right, I'm he maybe has some, but I have a question about I, I, the I Leo thing. I was expecting to, like, jump With out Leo, of the and go, like, gotcha. Yeah. So, um, oh, uh, good actor thing. 
actors notoriously have a hard time playing drunk, and I think Machen Amick did, uh, who plays Shelly, did a really good, cute, funny drunk in the Leo sure. party welcome home, <laughs> home scene. But my question is, they're setting up this thing where they're like, they have to make, like, she has to make it on $700 a month of insurance money, but they went out and spent money on kazoos and streamers. This is before and, like, he bottles of Jack Daniels. This is before they found out, though. No, 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 no it's, it's after. It's after. after? Yeah. 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 They've oh, got first okay. the, so yeah. they bring him home and they're like, here's your oh. check. And yeah, the insurance guy there. Mr. Pitts there. from Seinfeld comes and tells oh, them okay, that. Right. Yeah, it's after. Mr. Pitts. And he doesn't deny that they're supposed to be getting 5000 a month, but apparently like, like with all the medical yeah. equipment yeah. and, and taxes. administrative fees. He's like Obamacare. Yeah. No, I'm just totally kidding. No politics on this show. But yeah, so they don't have a lot of money, but they are going to spend it on clown decorations and kazoos and cake. Also, they put the clown decorations up as part of the party? Is There's yeah. already clown paintings in every room at the Johnson house. Like, every room <laughs> at the Johnson house has, like, sad, creepy okay. clowns. So they put it up yeah. and like, they're like, we're making Leo happy with this party. With this yeah. picture of a clown. clowns. <laughs> clowns. Yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah, there's a creepy clown in the background. His head falls in, a ca- in the cake. It's a oh. whimsical delight. Oh, oh yeah. quick aside, <laughs> I read that, like, professional clowns are furious about the new It movie because it's making clowns creepy again. Clowns were always creepy. Uh, I, that's many yeah. people's opinion. I, and like, yeah. I liked clowns as a kid. What? There was, I was never There was already an It. I don't think it's already creepy. Before what I saw about, It, I liked about, clowns. Okay, what no. about the weird, like, whole thing oh, that went on this year about I was terrified of that happening. Yeah. Yeah. The streets and stuff. There's juggalos in the world. This shit's gonna happen. <laughs> Guys, we were at Mariano's and they had an Easter bunny, and I was getting freaked out. I find bunny costumes because of Donnie Darko and Furbies. The combination of those two things, I find bunny Darko, costumes. Yeah, if I see that costume, I'm yeah. like, whoa. And this this guy or girl, they knew costume. I was creeped out. They kept following me. I swear. Yeah. Everywhere I turned, there was, was this a bunny teenager who was there. like, and I was like, oh. <laughs> you can tell he scared you, and he's like, right? Oh, I just do not like clowns. It might have been a girl because it was costumes. a little, yeah, short. It was a small, petite bunny. Bunny, yeah. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so creepy. Um, there's another bromance in town besides Harry and uh, Coop, and that is Leland and Ben. Oh. In five oh, yeah. six, before mm. the whole murderousness yeah, let's happens, talk about that. Leland comes back. He's back and better than ever. And <laughs> then he is at the Great Northern singing, getting to know oh. you from the King and I. Yeah, like but he's like <laughs> he says to Ben, like test me, like put me to work, like I'm ready to go right. back to work. And the, the, uh, Ben's like, okay, so what, how would you deal with this current situation with the Icelanders? And he's like, <laughs> business a game. He's just rattling off like, okay, right. we can freeze the escrow for six months. And we can do this with this money and put it over here. We'll get this interest. And it's, it's like he's on point. And he then is so great. In the next scene with, with those two, like, yeah, he's singing perfect uh, Sinatra style lounge singing. And, I. and he's and I. being like, where are you folks from? Yeah. So he's able to tap into, like, but he's Bob at this point. But right. he's able to uh, tap yeah, into... Or at least Bob. Uh, Bob is Bob's a, him. a beneficial uh, parasite in some ways. Like, yeah. he makes him more, like... Alive. And yeah, yeah. It would be interesting, and I've never done this despite watching it many times to try and map out when he's Leland and when he's Bob because it's hard oh, to tell. It's kind of yeah. blurred lines um, okay. about when that is. Yeah. I feel like they might set it up a little bit. Like if you watch how they, 
like Leland comes in, like if the, it's like a full frontal yeah. Leland, it tends to be. I feel like that's the bobness right. of it. Because there are scenes, and you know where Leland. I I think Leland is a generally good person who loves his wife and loved his daughter, and you know. It, the way they set this up, like I love too. There's a scene with uh, Maddie and Sarah and Leland, where what a wonderful world is playing, and you see that um, uh, record player, yeah. and it's playing what, a, uh, and they're drinking coffee, and it's really idyllic and sweet, and he's very understanding about her going back to Missoula, and it's like this loving yeah. family scene. And I know that the next time we see them is the scene where like yeah, Sarah's yeah. been drugged, and he kills Maddie, and like. So I, I just think Leland, the actor who plays Leland, is phenomenal and does he's a great a job. Good, he does. He's, he's really, really great. <laughs> and I love he closes out his song with, Great Northern Audiences are the best audiences in the world. Yeah, right. <laughs> so fun. And yeah. my favorite is that when Leland and Ben end their businessness, they have the most awkward business 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 Where it's like they wanted to embrace, but they couldn't because it's weird to embrace a co-worker. So, so it's like... Coats, those suits. Well, Leland's there like waiting for it. He's like, bring yeah. it in, buddy. And Ben's like, this is as far as I know. I'll do your arms. Yeah, I'll do like an arm pat. Yeah, it's they they have an interesting I mean their relationship is interesting too because they insinuate at least that they're very very good friends and old friends but then Ben always has something withheld kind of from that relationship whereas yeah. Leland is very open. Ben's the alpha. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great little a great little moment. So many good Leland moments cuz I was I was trying really hard to not give anything away in my face and also <laughs> watch your two reactions cuz it's a delight to watch people see, you know, see yeah, this episode. Exciting. It was, was really exciting. exciting to watch you guys watch this. To me, it's like a red wedding. Right. Like, we know. wanted to yeah. to red wedding you and videotape your responses. <laughs> but um, yeah, Leland does an awesome job and I love just the setup of the whole whole thing, like uh, I want to talk about. Uh, sorry, did you have? I want to talk about. Go ahead. You go uh, okay, uh, Ben's arrest. Oh yeah, let's. Yeah, that's a good. So like, because Audrey finds out that he has been sleeping with Laura, she goes and tells Coop that, and that is probable cause enough for them to go arrest him. Apparently. And, but Ben is, like, in a meeting with uh, Mr. Takimura. Tajimura. Tajimura. And um, so he's like, this is insane. You're all insane. Like, just go. And then he's like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm going to get a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and he starts walking out the back door of his office. He's like, I'm, I'm going to Jimmy John's. Screw you guys. Right. Yeah. Like, you just lost it. He, like, just yeah. was in such distress. And he, he just, like, he thinks his power has no bounds. And <laughs> But I, I don't think I'd realized until, now that we watch it with subtitles, I don't think I ever knew he said, I'm going to get a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is such a great line. Oh, it's so good. It is funny, too. You guys made mention of this, that Hawk is doing all the real detective work. Oh, my God. Oh, Hawk just, is the best. Like, despite He's the all... He's the only cop in that whole town. And much like X-Files, like... There's a lot of just the crime unfolds and actually Cooper does nothing to stop it. And like even the stuff about Ben, Cooper had no idea. Like that was a yeah. gift. Audrey's like, hey, did you know this? And he's like, what? No, that was lucky. <laughs> the place you raided like two <laughs> yeah. times, you didn't find out who owned it. You didn't that suspect. That was in Canada. <laughs> you have no jurisdiction right. yeah, there yeah, like, to begin with. 
do an IRS or whatever the Canadian IRS is, yeah, like yeah. search and figure that out. And you don't go <laughs> after like the sleazy town, like business tycoon with the checkered ties who's like, <laughs> you know. But when I say Hawk is the only cop, I'm including Coop on that one. Like Coop's a great guy, but he's no cop. Because Aww. Harry told Cooper that he was the best lawman I've ever seen. He just thinks too much. And my so, first reaction was like, no, that's nope, Hawk. not enough. <laughs> yeah. That is Hawk. It's like Forget management about any company. They're Hawk. like, oh, we're the best managers because our company is so successful. It's like all oh, the guy on the ground, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah, they always yeah, said, exactly. yeah. I, I picture him saying that right after he's scrawled, like, Harry plus Coop equals love in, like, his trapper keeper. Like, he's like, you're the best lawman I've ever seen. Because of their bromance. They yeah, love I'm each so other. Sorry. It's amazing. Yeah. And we also have a scene with, uh, I just wrote down Navy Balls, because uh, <laughs> all those... Oh, that's a great scene, though. That's the Great oh, Northern, the, right? Yeah. That's and, great yeah. So after the one-armed man tells us, like, oh, it's the large house... With many rooms. With many rooms, occupants change, and it's like, oh, Great Northern. Then they go there. They take them on a field trip. And there's a bouncy ball convention. Yeah, I love of to... sailors. sailors. Yeah, <laughs> I love the setup for that scene too, because like it's all of the sheriff's department and Gordon Cole and Coop, and they're all like talking and eating donuts. And then the then uh, well, the one armed man says something ominous, and they stop, and then they go right back into their conversation, <laughs> like he said nothing. Yeah, that's the. I think that's like the refresher. You know, because we saw that at the end of yeah, this, he's like uh, episode two six. Da, da, da. So he redoes <laughs> he redoes the riddle to yeah. start the episode, oh. which I think is a good like like refresher rather than doing a whole previously on. That's true, you know, right? Good point. Um, and, and there was that, no binge watching in the '90s, children. So that, that's how that. they had to. Unless you were magging with your VHS programming, which <laughs> right, you were. Right. right. But with that one, it's great because they go hawk. You go to Harold Smith. Yeah, Hawk, you do the you real do, work. You uh, go we'll, investigate. The, the, the rest of the us. eight of us will go Wait, to the Great Northern. <laughs> have the one-armed man sit in a chair and just have every, every guest just walk by and see if there's a reaction. That's, and so, that's what we're going to do, guys. Hawk, you go to the dead man's apartment. Yeah. See what's happening. Try and get some real evidence for this case. Yeah. And then, when the scene started, I was like... Is there like a high school basketball practice going on? Because that's what it's, you hear the balls bouncing. Right. And then you see like two guys bouncing balls. I'm like, is it free ball day at the Great Northern? <laughs> and sure enough, like they show like 20 Navy personnel, right. mm-hmm. all with the same bouncy rubber ball. Like, what? So brilliant. That scene is brilliant. And also, for me, I have watched that scene so many times because the one armed man has this reaction where he faints when Ben walks by, but we know that Ben isn't the murderer. So Why I, not at this point? We don't know yet. Right. right. But then looking back, But, but looking back, I'm saying, so yeah, like, why oh, does right, he right, right. actually faint when Ben walks <laughs> why, by? Yeah, so we I've know, always yeah. been looking to see if like Leland's in the background somewhere yeah. or there's something with Leland, and no, I cannot no. find it. So I don't know why. Maybe it's just because... Horn is a bad guy in general, so he has that bad vibe anyway. Right. I, I also think, maybe, I mean, it's just, like, he's on these drugs, maybe. But, he's just, but they uh, make it very, like, he, they're... Cause they they're but he's in, he's still maybe in withdrawal or something. I don't be, know, like... It, yeah, it could be just a random thing, and, yeah. but 
it, it's they really set it up in this way yeah, where like true, yeah. and they zoom out it, it, like there's so many moments in that episode so the first two six is directed by Leslie Linka Glotter who I love but she has a different view than David Lynch and the mm-hmm. two seven is David Lynch and like that is the first scene where I'm like oh this is a David Lynch one because it just it's like the the combination <laughs> of kind of comical weirdness with the Navy yeah. people with the balls and then with the Navy balls and then kind of slowly zooming out with creepy music and having the one-armed man pass out and Ben's and if you notice Ben is walking by so like on a rewatch if you think if you're thinking Ben did it you would be like oh Ben did it and this is why this is why also Coop being his friend does Ben yeah maybe it's wordplay that Lynch is doing because Navy is a shade of blue He's like saying, you're going to get blue balls about this killer guest because it's not Leland, guys. <laughs> that is ridiculous. That is a lot. That is a lot. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That is really drawing from I'm the right barrel. Right until they come to our show. Wow. wow. Yeah. So I don't know. I've watched it so many times. We've watched it in super slow motion. I'm always like looking for Leland. He's, he's not there, there. He's not there because in the next scene, that's when Maddie tells Sarah and Leland she's going home back to Missoula. Yeah, there's a couple Missoula, lines. Is it Missoula? I Missoula, mean, I Montana. Ben, before I said, yeah, yeah. Ben, yeah. yeah. There's a couple lines, too, that are very interesting where they're like, say Maddie's going home before she dies. Like, they say Maddie's going home like four times yeah. preceding her death. Mm-hmm. And in the yeah. Roadhouse, there's one where it's like, uh, we're really interesting heavy-handed like maddie is going home to missoula but it's like oh she's gonna die in the next scene it's really really freaky and yeah so maddie's dead yeah so there it is again guys <laughs> guys that is not a spoiler <laughs> come on we're she just, is we're dead i thought that she might be lost. I- I thought you she did? could maybe fight back. Well, okay. It's a, it's a, <laughs> You'll see that the, the next episode of... is the inevitable. Like, I mean, you can't help but see like all the obvious. Okay, I'm well. Um, it's the, well, 25 well, on, years well, old. <laughs> you keep making that excuse, but <laughs> we've been doing fine thus yeah, far. Been... All right. Okay, <laughs> on, Maddie's maybe not dead. Wait, hold on. <laughs> there might be hope for Maddie. There might be hope. The keep ne- listening. The next, I know. The next episode is called "A Ride in the Car with." <laughs> Yeah. So okay, guys. It could be any dead girl, though. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so let's talk about <laughs> on a lighter note. Two shit. <laughs> let's get back to Leo and his uh, coma communication. He says new shoes new during shoes. his party. New shoes. Yeah, in a very high pitched voice. New shoes. New shoes. <laughs> I can't whistle, so whenever I hear that song, that's what I think. New yeah, shoes. Yeah, Kill Bill whistling song. Oh, very good. I new like shoes. That. Lock, kill, build your connection. Um, <laughs> so that's another reason I thought he wasn't really comatose, by the because like it seems like okay, he's, yeah, maybe he's like worried that his his money's gonna get taken away. And by then the, we, snake comes. So snake I think reappears. my Yay. biggest thing Yay, that snake. I took from these two episodes is Bobby is still supposed to be in fucking high school. Yeah, <laughs> like, that like, yeah, reminds us. He's like, uh, I'm supposed to be in economics right now. <laughs> Shit. Wait, that's, he says that after he finds out they're not getting, or right. they, yeah. they, they only have forty two dollars for the month. Yeah, so how are we gonna like, make it on this? So he's like, I'm supposed to be in uh, economics. And and like, uh, oh, <laughs> weird, because when she's like, so I'm supposed, we're supposed to survive on forty two dollars, and he's like. He's weed. Like, <laughs> right. this is like your problem, bitch. Like, yeah. My parents are like buying my food and rent still. So, oh my god! Uh, in economics. 
He is, yeah. My dad's a major in the army. I don't need your insurance money. <laughs> I mean, this was all my idea, but <laughs> yeah. this is not my problem. Why does Shelly keep <laughs> listening to these people? That's my problem. Like, she didn't finish high school. Shelly, Shelly, Sweet, sweet Shelly. Something happened to Shelly's past. If Loveline t- told me anything, <laughs> it was that something happened Aww. to Shelly that put her into this abusive relationship and is attracted to Bobby, who doesn't know anything. Yeah, I mean, Thanks Bobby's Dr. cute, Drew. but he's so dumb, to quote Laura about <laughs> James. <laughs> but, fun fact, Snake's back. So. Snake's back with Bopper, and they're better than ever. They find a cassette tape in the boot. Sorry, sorry. No, no. Oh. no. I... I know I'm afraid of spoilers so much that when I'm like giving. (laughs) Melissa makes like big gestures sometimes. You gotta get used to it. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's only like a five out of ten. That was only our Unity candle that you just knocked over. It is. It's okay. It's fine. It's totally fine. It's like you did not over. I just tried to mess. See now you know how I feel when I get. There's got to be a word for making someone feel guilty about spoiling spoilers. What's the French if word there for is, that? We're guilty of that for sure. <laughs> What's the French it's like word? It's Schadenfreude spoiler for that. I don't know. Oh God! Um, no, <laughs> I was just reacting because I thought it was really stupid to hide a tape in a shoe. That's yeah. the only thing. Like in why? the and like yeah. yeah. And the uh, the cobbler just... knows that he just hammered in a tape to your right. Boot, the cobbler so... must have gotten the payoff, and he trusts him not to have a dictaphone player. And... Yeah. yeah, funny too how small towns can have a cobbler, but like not a judge. You know, like True. that. Yeah. I worry. I wonder about that. Like there are a lot of blue collar workers, so they need to work on the boots. You know, yeah, before this historical culture of the '90s took over, cobblers were probably in most small towns. <laughs> that's right. Hey, we got a we got a shoe guy uh, not too far from. We do, and he's the best. Yeah. He is the best of the best. I don't. I don't cobble my shoes. I'm part of the disposable culture. <laughs> I know. Well, I knew people that go to. And I don't buy shoes good enough to preserve. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's it's the big one of those things. Like, sh- shoes and bags, I just can't spend money on. I'm just like, eh, <laughs> uh, Your Unity candle reminded me that's not really there. Um, it is. That is. Well, that was our Unity is. candle from oh, our yeah. wedding. I just didn't knock it over. I just tapped it. it. There's <laughs> been another family event. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. oh, yeah. Uh, um, uh, our Pat's sister yeah, had her sister. baby. I'm going to be uncle to a Hawk DeLeonardi. Hawk DeLeonardi. That is his name. Named after Twin Peaks Hawk. I mean, these guys, my sis and brother-in-law, big fans. If you think we're big fans, wow. (laughs) They Actually, the reason they're not listening is because they're so mad that we did a podcast about Twin Peaks before them. They can't believe it. Don't listen to their lies, listeners. (laughs) Hey, Hawk. Just kidding. By now, you're 15 years old and you're listening to this in the future. (laughs) And we're big, big stars. And this was our first podcast. It was all about you. You're wondering why Uncle Pat has all the money <laughs> the day you were born we were young hot celebs just in a one-bedroom apartment in andersonville oops triangulation <laughs> can't do that sniper bullet oh god no. the haters pat was worried about our haters earlier i, I want to talk i just want to mention that because we are so huge now with our hundred listeners that we're, we gotta worry about the, the flamers online i worry about it oh god so many i hope we get trolled <laughs> we really do oh goodness and then, may, <laughs> Don't, yeah. I 
I want the troll to be like, I love the mill plot. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just Piper Lori. Like, how do you guys like, not know what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> the mill plot is the plot. Uh, the pea plot that... is Laura Palmer. Yeah. <laughs> like, everybody knows that. <laughs> the mill plot is the A plot. Josie? What do you mean? Josie's the greatest actress uh, and character ever. Josie, 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 Josie. Does it say in the script just act shocked and sad at the same time like <gasps> oh. yeah see now I wish I had never read that Isabella Rossellini might have played this part because now I really clearly see how yeah. if you had played Josie differently like if, if you had played her with this like duel where she's faking victim yeah. and then is strong in like the scenes with Ben because even Ben says like he has a scene with Josie where they're like I have shit on you yeah. Key yeah. Yeah. I, I quote a lot of good phrases this episode. You guys are stealing them all. I know. <laughs> I have You're a, not bringing them back. I have enough. a dossier yeah. on you, and you have a dossier on me, so we can't. And it's like he's he's like well played, but I'm like, but she didn't. She wasn't. And he says her mind's quicksilver. So there's things in the writing that are yeah. saying this is a strong woman, but the actress is not yet. doing it. Yeah. And yeah. so it's like just victim, victim, victim. And I'm like. Huh, I wonder if this could have been a compelling plot with a stronger actress. I mean, yeah, you wonder, like, how good the actress English really is, because like, it seems like there's almost a language barrier. Like, she understands everything, and everyone, right. but it's like, you can tell English is her second language, clearly. I'm guessing both the actress and the character. Right, yeah. and it so would have like, been such a cool choice to have her, like, fake that and then actually that speak English cool. perfectly. Yeah, that would have been cool. Which I think was what they were going for. Yeah. Because, like, suddenly she's using, like, she uses bigger vocabulary with Ben than she does with like Pete and Catherine. But I'm like, is that just her trying to be smarter with Ben? But I think they're the, the intention was that she's manipulating us pretending to be like, and I'm not trying to say that like, I'm just saying, like, if you're in a culture that's not your native culture, right. you're at an automatic disadvantage. Of anyway. course, of course. So, yeah, this could have been very early in Joan Chen's career, and maybe English is their second language. I don't know, but it would have been really interesting to, like, make the choice that the character is... And I think that's where they're going, because you really see clues with the way right. Ben's treating her. Like, he's like, your quicksilver mind, and like, well-played, like, she's yeah. crafty. And I'm he's like, almost... she's not being crafty. Like, yeah. you won this <laughs> argument. Like, you still have the because upper hand. she's still, like, pouty and crying All she really while has she is... turns her back. Right. And that's, it's the pout cry. And she's just a victim. She's not, yeah. like, even using her sensuality in a powerful way. I right. always feel like she's a about to be, you know, taken advantage of. It's it never feels like she's in control in any yeah. scene she's in. Well, yeah, it's like really his upsetting. speech is really giving her character too much credit. It is. All she has is mutually assured destruction. All she has yes. is a safety deposit box where if he rats right. her out, she can incriminate him, and then they both go to jail. I mean, so. and if you know Isabella Rossellini, she has that ability to seem yeah. vulnerable, but also be strong and be, you know, the one in control. And it makes me think, wow, what could this plot have been? And I think about the first shot with, like, Catherine and Josie in their fur coats. They really could have been, like, dueling mm, strong right. women versus, like... Piper Laurie just beating the shit out of this victim. Yeah. yeah. You know, which well, would have been so much more interesting. Brought up Catherine Martell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Transition time. Speaking of things that you can't do on television anymore, we have a full cultural. <laughs> oh, God, it's so bad. 
I'm just saying, like, you, no, can't, you can't. So you much can't. Asian they, uh, racism in this. <laughs> so much racism. <laughs> I'm just gonna say the words yellow face, and you can all. I mean, that's what it is. It's not. Okay, I'm gonna edit that out. <laughs> but she's. Catherine Martell has been playing Toji Mara. Toji Mora. Toji Mora this whole time. And she. Sure. Fi- if you, we guessed that, or I guessed that. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, that pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah, that, was, that was No, that was good that you guessed. I did see I'll it. I'll be like, good one, Tom. <laughs> I saw what? it when I made that I am, like, I had to stop because it tells you on IMDb that mm. the actress is playing both. Oh, yeah, there's like a slash. Yeah. They even put a fake yep. credit in there that's like Fujiyaka, that's a fake name oh, for no, Catherine. And then the oh, reason they do this little, like, outro music at the end of the episode is to give Piper Laurie a credit as Catherine Martell and Toji Mora. Mm. And you're like, oh my god, Piper Laurie's <laughs> agents are just working overtime. <laughs> but so that's Piper Laurie. Okay, she had that. to have wanted yeah. that. I gotta imagine she's like a Betty and Joan. Yeah, type. I think she might have won the <laughs> Emmy for this season as well. I'll have really? to look that up again, but she just kept being like an Emmy favorite. Well, I don't it's only two seasons, so yeah. you know. I mean, I, you know, I, we all knew that it wasn't a real Japanese person under that makeup. But right. Like, I wouldn't have guessed it was a man, a woman at first. No. I would say, though, I was, this is what so I said. So that's pretty good performance. Right? Yeah. It, she looks like a Fraggle. <laughs> fraggle Rock. Or some sort of, like, um, dark, dark Crystal Muppet. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a funny scene with uh, her and Pete. Like, Pete's immediately drawn to Tojimura at the Great Northern. Yeah, like, can I loves, buy you a sake yeah. friend? And, like... Then talking oh, to yeah. about Tujimura about the king and I, and then she comes back home and says like, <laughs> she's like I've always found. Oh, and I was saying she sounds like <laughs> Princess Leia when she goes to rescue Han in job um, in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, because yeah. it's like it. someone who loves you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's um, so great. So yeah, that's Catherine. So yeah, she shows up at Pete's. Now just Pete's house, and she's like, I always found, as Tojimura, and she's always <laughs> yeah. like, I've always found you attractive. And uh, then she like, force kisses him, and he's like, you hang on there, wrong idea, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, still the 90s. Yeah, so like, that was, he was homophobic. The culture wasn't as But he's pretty open. polite about it overall. And someone broke into his house and <laughs> yeah. kissed him, so that's scary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Pete might be angry. <laughs> oh, Pete. But then she's like, it's me. <laughs> It's so great. And Catherine's voice. Uh, and he's yeah. so happy. <laughs> it, it does make me happy that Pete loves Catherine. It's weird, but he does. I know. I just really hope he gets the insurance money, though, because... he. And why did he sign... Anyway, let's, uh, we spent too much on the really mill plot. When there's, like, this beautiful, beautiful... So I want to break... Mill plot is the shit. Yeah. <laughs> mill plot forever 575 says... <laughs> Okay, can we just... I'm swatting you right now for dishing the mill plot. <laughs> I want to break down the the Maddie beating. We won't say Ooh, murder okay. because we don't know. <laughs> she might still be alive. Um, and watching... My guess is no now. I it's have to no. say it gave me so much pleasure watching <laughs> Melissa reacting to these scenes because they do do I this beautifully. And I, I wrote <laughs> Palmer House 1, Palmer House 2, Palmer House 3. So the way they do this sequence is so gorgeous and brilliant. They start out... Yeah, do that again, baby. So they have this sound in the background. It's the record, oh, the record player power. needle skipping. keeping going at the Palmer House. Skipping, Melissa, skipping. you were like being the perfect audience member because you were like, 
are they at the Palmer house? What's going on? And then Sarah Palmer's crawling down the stairs and you're like, oh, things are starting to get creepy. It was like so, per- I wish we had done this. it was like-, like a weird hand thing where it was like, it reminded me of like an X Filesy thing. Yes, like well, someone very. I got something all better for you, Exorcist. Oh when yeah, it, when she yeah. Crawls down the stairs. Yeah, backwards. where it's like, mm, yeah, you know that scene. Top? Double sure. jointed hands yeah. going down. They just set the, the scene ring, up. I don't know, like the one ring of those. Yeah. yeah, it was reminiscent yeah. of the ring. It is. That in out. in like inches. So first we see Sarah crawling down the stairs. You hear the needle, and then it skips to the sheriff's department, and then we get a scene at the sheriff's department with the log lady. And Pete and Catherine are reunited. So it's like, we're kind of like, oh, okay, calm. We've forgotten about that. Sarah's weird, so whatever. Then it's back to the Palmer house, back to Sarah. And there's like, Sarah sees a white horse in the living room. So, yeah, what I think that is is... uh, A Patronus? That's a, <laughs> could be her patron. We're so cool. We're so cool. I we know think, everything. I think that's like... I've seen movies in the last few <laughs> So she was drugged. I think yes. that's what people... That's what she's seeing. That's like the image. white horse, white pony white is horse, a slang for heroin. Right, she was drug with heroin. And exactly. you do. It is yeah. like a heightened sense of something's weird because you see that, and then Leland's putting on his tie in the mirror. But in all fairness, Sarah Palmer has always been more in tune because she's the one that saw Bob right. in the beginning. Visions. So exactly. like, well, exactly. and Mike says, and I just got a little chills here. Mike's um, one-armed man, Mike, aka Philip Gerard, says mm-hmm. um, Bob can be seen by the gifted and, and the, the damned. damned. Yeah. So oh. Cooper's the gifted, and I think Sarah's the damned because very... life sucks for Sarah. <laughs> I mean, life yeah. sucks for Sarah Palmer. So we and see. And you wonder if Maddie was seeing? Do we see Maddie like? Maddie Maddie had seen Bob. Yeah. Maddie saw him. Yes. Not in Leland, well, but it was it was Leland. We know now they were both seeing Leland. Yeah. But like, well, so we or, see, or we think we know. Actually, was, we don't know. She for was sure, seeing Bob but. outside of a Leland because it cro- like Bob crawled. Oh yeah, right. she saw yeah. Him crawl across. Yeah. The so so we see Sarah Palmer and the white horse and Leland putting on the tie, and then it cuts the roadhouse, and we have this great scene at the roadhouse with. Um, Julie Cruz, singer, um, in a lot of David Lynch movies, she partners a lot with Angelo Baldelamente, who does the score, singing this really haunting song. I you know all the facts. You know, it's, <laughs> it, whenever I fly, I play the, um, Julie Cruz music as I'm taking off and landing. It just, I find it soothing and great. Um, so if I ever die in a plane crash, you'll know the last thing I heard was Julie Cruz. Creepy. Um, so we're in the roadhouse, and we see... Oh, this is where this is where James says, Maddie's leaving. Yeah, she's going to go home. And I was like, oh my god, that's creepy. Yep. So you're just setting this mood, and then we finally have the final um, turn back to the Palmer house. And that's when you have that great moment. With Leland in the mirror, and you see Bob looking back at him in the mirror, and the way they did it was simply the two actors facing each other. Oh, really? Yeah, it, and interestingly, the actor who plays Leland, who I don't know right now, I can't remember his name, Yeah, he did not find out that he was going to be the killer mm. until the day they shot the scene. And apparently, of course, he was like very upset about it, and very upset about you know, he had built this whole character around being this loving father and having these props and like just really had a hard time. Um, and this scene between Bob and Leland and Maddie is so amazing, not to mention because of there's a big height difference between the actors who play yeah. Bob and Leland. 
Hmm. Bob's a small Bob guy. Bob is small, and he's <laughs> Frank Silva, and he's shorter than Cheryl Lee. And the actor who plays Leland is taller than Cheryl Lee. Yeah. But they both make it so they look like they're taller than her. But that's the way really they shoot it. Interesting that you say that because you see, like, in the. Because they flash basically between Bob and Leland, and, like, Le- Bob's portrayal is much more sexual. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Than Leland. It's like crying. So, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I was wondering if he was, like, supposed to be, like, kissing Maddie. If Leland was supposed to be, like, yeah. doing what Bob's doing, like, kissing wise in real life because they don't show him actually doing it right so and he's like crying like a like a f- crying like holding yeah. a baby sad crying yeah I, I just think this scene and apparently they shot the scene in private with the three of them with like as minimal crew as possible you know and really like for the actor playing Leland it was really devastating and he was really really upset to have to do this and even in like conventions and stuff, he talks about just <coughs> a lot of that was just a hard day. And like yeah. David Lynch in the morning was like, hey, let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, before he We're got the scene. Like, yeah. And like it was just a Sit hard, down. hard day. Take and tissue box. Just, We're going to talk. Man, did he do an amazing And Cheryl Lee did an amazing job. <laughs> and Frank Silva did an amazing job. And I think that scene is, to me, like yeah. probably the best <laughs> scene in. Except that it doesn't have Kyle MacLachlan, so you can't really say it's the best scene in Twin Peaks. But then Peaks, it flashes but to Kyle. So good. And, and, yes, and then in the roadhouse the, with the giant. We see yeah. the giant. It is happening mm-hmm. again. Yeah. And it then the happening. waiter comes over and like apologizes. The waiter who I'm saw so Cooper get shot and was like, or came yeah. after Cooper was shot and was like, oh, do you want some towel or something? Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, the giant says... It's happening again. It's happening again. And then like... The whole scene at the roadhouse changes with Bobby being, like, freaked out for no reason. Well, I think suddenly, I think what happens, you know, so the giant crying. says it's happening again, it's happening again. The, the, it flashes back to the Palmers for the fourth time, and it's like, really, and this beating up uh, is really gr- graphic. I mean, they yeah. punch her, you hear her, like, choking on her own blood. I mean, her yeah. 90s, like... Yeah, and with the subtitles, I saw that he was saying Laura. Like I didn't realize it just sounded like screaming because it's kind of in this like uh, like jarbled, yeah, yeah, Yeah. and so and and creepily Leland, but Leland as Bob says Leland says you're going back to Missoula, Montana, and slams her head into the wall and like. See, I thought maybe at that moment, like he was like, "I'm gonna spare you, so I'm just gonna like knock you out and then like get out of here." But if you slam someone full force into a wall and they're bleeding, I mean, I thought she might wake up. Okay, fight back a little. (laughs) You guys have seen a. I mean, it's a TV thing that people come back, but like, yeah, I mean, she was beaten pretty hardcore. And so then they go back to the roadhouse, and as <coughs> Melissa started to mention, Bobby is suddenly really upset, and Donna starts crying. And so well, what I think happens, yeah. I have a theory now. This is a Kelly theory. David Lynch, Mark Frost, call me. Let me know if I'm wrong or right, because I can't prove this. But I think they're insinuating that Maddie and Laura had some sort of cosmic bond. Which and to, like, fully kill Laura, you have to mm. kill Maddie, too. And oh. so Bobby and Donna are, like, reacting finally to Laura's death. A when Maddie dies. So it's kind of like a psychic uh, Yeah, and this yeah. is the first Maddie time I've actually, like, really yeah. seen it that way. I mean, I because they do suddenly get sad for no reason. And I've thought, well, it could be Donna could be sad because Harold Smith was like killed himself because of her right don't let her off Which, the hook yes. james 
It's because of you. James is like, it's nobody's fault. Um, no, it's your fault, Donna. Totally your fault. <laughs> right. But then Bobby being sad is kind of, there's nothing right. really that explains that. Doesn't that doesn't make sense, yeah. Other than, like, your girlfriend died a week ago. Your other girlfriend. <laughs> but he didn't but, like, like her. Your right. other girlfriend's not going to get the yeah. money that she was supposed to be promised. But I think, and there is that scene in 2-6 where Maddie says, like, we were so close, it was scary. I got to be her for a while. People saw yeah. me that way. So I'm like, maybe there is this kind of, like... That's to really, really to really kill Laura and like we know Bob's attracted to the pleasures and Laura had all these pleasures and this vivacity and this life like he had to kill Maddie too um, and so like really they're finally you're, reacting and you're seeing Laura with Bob in the mirror like like you see she's wearing blonde hair right in the scenes with, in the shots with Bob while Leland's killing Maddie no no you no, see no, Maddie. Maddie it's still Maddie it's still Maddie but she doesn't have her I mean he's she calling, really is, he's calling he's calling her Laura yeah Laura. he's calling her Laura and she's so clearly a Laura substitute like I was thinking about yeah. it's not helping the Palmers to grieve they're like just prolonging their grief that she's been in town just being like which a is, substitute Laura which is what I felt when <laughs> In the beginning, she's like, I'm going to go home, and Sarah had a reaction. like, Yeah, no. like, no. And and Leland was the one who was like, no, she's got to go. She's got her own life. Yeah. And, and so if, it, if... If you notice, yeah, when Leland says it's okay, Sarah's like, it is? Yeah. <laughs> because she knows that Leland freaks out when stuff... Well, like, yeah, cry like, dancing. There's a lot of cry dancing. Like, Leland's yeah. being really cool. Yeah, yeah. Leland's yeah. like, she's surprised that he's being this cool. Because I think the, the Leland <laughs> that cry dances and freaks out is that that's the Bob. Leland. And, oh, like, or really? or maybe... I don't know. He takes, I think it's more the real uh, Leland. Could be. Because now he's sad about what he's done. Yeah. yeah. It's hard, that's it's hard. true, Bob yeah. Would not be Bob, sad wouldn't be sad. Bob wouldn't be sad. Bob, Bob is, like, takes, a gleeful... Yeah, yeah you're right. Sad. It's hard to tell, though, because he uses Leland's experience and knowledge. Yeah. Which is probably and why also, in season two he went white hair, because well, now that's more Bob coming That was through. a big thing, was yeah, the white hair is yeah. the Bob coming through. And we see, yeah. we see Leland crying as he's killing Maddie, so it's like, maybe <laughs> even when Bob's in control physically, like... Leland is still like basically the face, and he's still like yeah. he's reacting to what's happening and being sad. Yeah, you'll you gotta see the next two episodes for sure. I mean, it's it, he Leland is so great, and this actor you commented like, wow, he's really a good singer. He's like mm-hmm. a Broadway performer. I mean, he's like a real triple threat. I was Just like, yeah, I would, I would see this guy's lounge act for he's sure. So so such a yeah. good, and he's in Star Trek. So if only he is in the episode where they're a proto Vulcan society, and he is like. The Picard. I saw the Picard. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, you mentioned that. Yeah, I forgot. So he, he's wonderful and does such a great job. And, like, Cheryl Lee, too. I mean, I could not imagine doing that scene. It's just terrifying, terrifying stuff. Yeah. Acting, like, if anyone's listening who's, like, never tried acting, like, doing scenes like that is, like... That's really hard. Like, like yeah, people think like in that space. you you are feeling that. that was I mean, it's, and people intense, are always like, but yeah. it was a stage with like kissing and stuff. They're like, oh, it was a stage kiss. I'm like, a stage kiss is a kiss <laughs> that happens on a stage. Like, it's not like there's a fake like you stop right before and there's plastic walls that come up in front of you. Like, and Leland's kisses <laughs> like, are serial murder kisses. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, and, and it depends on like well, it depends how much you buy into like the method of acting and right. like, you know, like some actors are just like it's a performance and they don't connect emotionally and some of those are very good actors. I think they'd need some Meisner for that. So, oh so god. Yeah. yeah. Not gonna get into that. Um oh. those are the best parts. The only notes I have left are 
James and Donna are back together. Oh, yeah. I didn't even talk about James and Donna. I don't even... But I do want to say one more thing about the Leland thing. Sorry. Cooper Cooper, um, mentions, because they have, like, some of Laura's diary, that Bob was a threatening presence in Laura's life from childhood and mentioned, like, molestation. And it's, like, really rough to think about that. It's really, really rough. I mean, they made a rough choice here. Because then with the kissing scenes with Bob, that's what I brought back to. Where it was, it was Bob, but it was Leland, you know, and that's the reality. Like, yeah. It, <laughs> so Cooper mentions that in Laura's diary, she talks about a friend of her dad's that was Bob, that uh, was a threatening presence in her life from childhood, and there's insinuations yep. of molestation. Uh, okay. And, and I mean, it's Bob inhabiting Leland, <clears throat> but it's Leland. Which would also explain why Laura's so crazy, like, and yeah. does drugs and... Yeah, yeah exactly. Right? And love, la- yeah. love line. Love line, yeah. And I mean, they went with the choice that's, like, so terrifying that we didn't guess it. And you can see then why it's interesting that they have that, like, plot of Audrey and Ben, because it right. gives us, like, a like a taste Idea. of that, that like, yeah. they just really go there in Twin Peaks. Like, they... Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a rough reveal, and I think that's why. Like, I knew you guys are both super super smart. You're both, you know, you know your tropes, you know <laughs> stories, you know storytelling. But I knew you wouldn't get it. I don't know. Mo- most people do not get it. Like, it's, don't I mean, catch yeah. it. I, I was trying to like I literally guess the last person I expected, and I guess I expected him so little that I. Wouldn't even go there. That's yeah. the thing, yeah. Because it's really, terrifying. It's like yeah. you yeah. just your mind won't let you contemplate yeah. that yeah. possibility. Yeah. And like the reaction that he had with his daughter's death yeah. was so. And yeah, because it's but not now his we understand character. that it's so traumatic because maybe he consciously knew that he did it. So yeah, and directors mm. smart yeah. smart yeah. choice here to not let the actor know yeah, ahead of time, so. like yeah. very very wise because. Like, why burden the actor with that knowledge when it's better to just not let them have it? Because then they're going to just organically act like they don't have it. Because mm-hmm. he didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He didn't think he no, did it, really so good. he was not acting like he did. Very, mm-hmm. very... David Lynch, I know you're out there, and we still love you as much as ever. <laughs> and I really like Lost Highway, too, Mr. Lynch. That was a great film. <laughs> and Eraserhead was really interesting, and I love... <laughs> I love the girl in the steam, in the radiator, or whatever that's called, and her song. I like when the 50s play. It's awesome. Girl in the radiator. Well, we should say Mark Frost wrote this episode. Yeah. Um, so, Mark oh. Frost, we also Mark Frost, you're you. also cool, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I don't know, Poor your Mark. name just doesn't have the, the sting, Mark. I'm I sorry. Yeah, I, I can't, We want to hear from you. We've been asking and asking, Mark Frost. And you know Where what? Are We're you? on iTunes now. So. Yeah, yeah, so you have no excuse. freaking deal. Right. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Mark Frost. We know you're Maybe listening. Because David Lynch, like his last name means like to hang someone. Like, yeah, that's a, that's a powerful name. I know. Yeah, don't Google <laughs> image. You know a Mark. Yeah, Frost, and so I that... know. Yeah, Mark Frost is like my buddy from high school. Who like is <laughs> literally a very nice guy. So nothing. Do we do we have anything else? We I no, think we I got just it. Have some mill plot stuff. No, which I'm yeah, I think we got it. It's just so like, it's like whatever. I want to. Okay, so like since we're like already in the dark place of this show, like something. Oh yeah. You, well, the next two are truly good still. Truly good stuff. No, no, I just meant like dark emotional. Oh, yeah, dark, yeah, yeah. yeah dark, I mean, it is. I mean, dark, like, yeah. I was like, this is not, it, this is a dark, it's not easy. So, like, let's get real for a second. Have you guys ever thought, like, you were going to die, like, in real life? Because yes. I've been on a plane, and, like, <laughs> it, it dropped, like, 100 feet at least, and, uh, 
like for about half a second, like I was like, okay, because we just like boom, like yeah. stone. I was just like, okay, I'm gonna die. And my, <laughs> I thought two things. I thought my girlfriend at the time is gonna miss me. This was during college. My, Aww, my, not this girl. Well then, well dude. she got when I told her she got mad that I didn't think I was gonna miss her. I was like, I thought I was gonna be dead. Um, <laughs> and then my second thought was, I just hope it doesn't hurt. And like, wow. Anyway. Interesting. It's yeah. if you can keep the fear from your mind, it's not so bad if you can keep the fear from your mind. Who says it? Cooper. Cooper does. When yeah. he gets shot and he's lying on the floor. I, I like wrote that on a post-it note uh, on my desk because I think it's so beautiful. Like, it's not so bad if you... Yeah, I had a near-death experience too, but oh. we'll save that for another day because okay. it's a big old downer. Right. <laughs> it's a big it's old downer. It's not too downer. chilly today. <laughs> yeah, that's a okay. big old downer. Even pets. <laughs> I hope it wasn't the kidney infection I gave you by spoiling X-Files. Oh, no, no. No, no. no. <laughs> But wow, just big time, great episode to set. I mean, just Lonely Souls. Um, Jeum um, um, Solitaire. Or what about this one here? Je un homme solitaire. Which oh, homme, yeah, it's the first time we hear. So Je is I have. An om usually means a man, but I guess maybe in this. Om, I think. I mean, they what, translate yeah. it to oh, be it means, I am a lonely soul. Yeah, om solitaire. Like, so solitaire means like solitary, I guess, here, less. Loose, a little loosely translated as lonely. Uh, I don't know how the French use it, but apparently that's it. And uh, om usually means man, but maybe in this sense it means like being, like soul. Oh, yeah. and we should say that line that um, Harold Smith wrote on his suicide note, the kid of like the kid and old lady oh. in the Meals on Wheels, the kid says He's that. He's the first one who says right. it. Right, yeah. like preemptively. I knew we heard it before. Yep. And the kid and the old lady are in um, Fire Walk With Me also, so it's oh. they're kind of a thread. Mm -hmm. But it is the first time that we hear the uh, Fire Walk With Me poem in yeah. its entirety. So it's through the darkness, the futures pass, the magician longs to see one chance out between two worlds. Fire Walk <laughs> With Me. me. See you next week. Uh, see. <laughs>